Welcome back, Bolt fam, to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour Podcast. A huge win for the Chargers last night on Sunday Night Football. It is Victory Monday. Colin Appel, Miles Rabruka here. We are your co-host. Miles, my boy, how we doing after last night's dub? I literally just got back from a college final this morning. I told my professor I do not care how this goes. My mood is irreplaceable right now. Um, I'm on cloud nine, smoking that Dolphins pack, smoking that Tua pack, smoking that Emmanuel Acho pack, you name it. Um, what a fucking win, man. That's how you get it done in primetime, baby. Jeez. Yeah, just dude, a, a huge win. And we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna get into everything, man. We're gonna unravel every bit of this game. Um but we were talking right before we uh hopped on and uh probably the most satisfying win for the Chargers in a very long time. I mean, I was also saying, you know, you you could probably go back to week one of this this season uh over the Raiders, just you know, the way that game was set up uh by the schedule makers and how last season ended. I mean, it was just satisfying to start one and oh, but also against a division rival and the way, you know, just the circumstances. But even then, I mean, this one, I think in my mind, definitely trumps that win. Um, you know, this is a, a playoff team, arguably a, a Super Bowl contender. Um, I know the last couple of weeks have maybe changed some people's opinions on that, but the best win of the season, hands down for the Chargers, I think, you could fact check me here, but I think the only win they've had this season against a, an above 500 team. Correct. So yeah. uh, good, good quality ball um, at a time in the season where you have to have it against a really good team. Um, Just a a solid, solid dub. Yeah. Absolute immense dub last night, playoff implication implications on the line last night, as we all know Um, a lot of, Twitter implications on the line last night. Uh, yeah, I haven't been this satisfied with the win since week one was nice. But honestly, dude, I would take it almost back to last year when we beat the Chiefs for that first time in, in Arrowhead. That was especially being there in that environment. That was that was an awesome win to get. But yeah, man, just absolute, absolute massive game that we were able to come out with. Primetime Herbert was in full effect, and primetime Brandon Staley really was the MVP of last night, in my personal opinion. Um, definitely, definitely after last night has changed some outlooks on the way that I look at our at our head coach. Uh, I think last night he really put on the full array what he can bring to the table in a time where we needed him most. So definitely something to keep an eye on going forward to see, you know, can we ride this momentum? Can we, can we make it in? Can we, how are we going to finish the season? You know? So a lot to look forward to, I think. Probably Brandon Staley's best game as a, as a head coach since that chiefs victory that you mentioned uh, early last season, his rookie season as a head coach. Um, yeah. A huge win. I mean, look, the Chargers chargers lose this game and, uh, it's look, it's it's not over, but things are are looking dire. Um, if if they can't 
secure that win last night. Um, but yeah, Brandon Staley, man, uh, he had his best game of the season, arguably his best game as a head coach and just had the perfect defensive game plan for, for this Miami offense. Um, and honestly, the most impressive thing is the personnel he was doing it with, you know, I, I, some of these, some of these backups, man, I've, I've ragged on them in the past. Um, you know, I've, I've never been the, the biggest Elohi Gilman fan. Um, and I know his name came up and it was probably on Twitter last night for mainly just causing that fumble, but also flexing and letting Tyreek Hill scoop and score. Um, although even if you would have saw him, I, there's a good chance Tyreek Hill. Yeah, probably still I'm, I'm not going to blame. I'm that's... not putting too much blame on a on that one. He got the ball loose. He did his job. Yeah. Uh, that's besides you know, the point. I mean, that's I, just, you can't teach speed, man. That was yeah, just a lucky fumble luck for the fastest, chargers again. Fastest guy in the league by far. And so, yeah, just dangerous play, but yeah, guys like Alohi Gilman, um, Jasir Taylor. Uh, I mean, Michael Davis had probably one of his best games as a pro um, for sure. One of his best of the season. Um, he just continues to impress and, you know, he, he's, they even said on the broadcast, I think Chris Collinsworth mentioned, you know, he was a guy that they were trying to kind of work out of the starting rotation at one point early on in the season and, and not really anything due to like, you know, like, I don't know, uh, screw him, but it's just the, the guys that they had in front of him were really good quality players. You know, we're talking JC Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr. and Bryce Callahan. I mean, those are three guys right there. They're going to take up a lot of space on any roster. But um, luckily, Michael Davis, you know, he's he stayed healthy and and played some of his best football. So having those guys, man, and, and shutting down this Miami offense, um, I think says a lot about Staley. And he just flat out coached Mike McDaniels last night, which has been kind of a rare thing to see really all this season um, and for most of his tenure as a, as a Chargers head coach. So that was just a great solid win. Look, we've been, we've been begging and pleading for a, a complete game by the Chargers. And even though I think they still um, had some of their woes in the second half, they did enough to, uh, to win the game. The, the defense won this game hands down um, hats off to, to Staley and, and all those guys I mentioned, it was, it was incredible to watch. Yeah. Uh, no Derwin James, no Bryce Callahan, no Sebastian Joseph Day, and Brandon Staley really won this game for us last night. His defensive play calling really was the first first time this season I know I've been impressed. Maybe the maybe the Raiders game week one, but other than that, first time this yeah. season I've really been impressed with his defensive play calling. Really, first time this season, I've been impressed with our defense in general, and that came without probably the second best player on this team, best safety in the league, and Bryce Callahan, who's really come into his own here as the Chargers, really has been having quite a resurgence season for us, someone who's very familiar with Staley's scheme and no Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, obviously, and that interior pass, pass rush is in shambles right now, so You just didn't massive. even mention our boy Big Bear. And well, obviously no Joey Bosa, but that feels like that's kind of the story of the year. But uh, right. yeah, the, Which, the the writing's on the wall for him to be returning here pretty soon. So yeah, 
And look, this is this win is so big because we talked about it on on the preview episode. Um, if they can just scratch scratch a win out here and, and continue to get some guys back, um, they could be shooting up that uh, what's that like healthy healthy uh, healthiest teams rankings. They're, yeah, the, they're dead if, last, and they have been dead last for months. Yeah. Um, but in this last, you know, four or five week stretch, they could shoot up those rankings um, a little bit and get guys like Bosa back. I mean, obviously Derwin James, um, Trey Pipkins, uh, Callahan. I mean, it's Rashawn Slater is a big name that is apparently his rehab and and uh, treatment is going really well. And he's ahead of schedule, so that's that's exciting, man. If they can, if they can get another win or two in these next couple of weeks and really bump up that playoff, those playoff odds, um, they're, they're they're sitting pretty. And this is even with, uh, you know, a really shitty game last week that they should have won. And um, I think I read somewhere that had they just beat the Raiders, their playoff odds would be like in the 60th or 70th percentile, which is crazy considering just a couple weeks ago, it was, it was dropping fast. So, um, what a season, man. It's, we still have, still have a lot of football left and it's been such a fucking roller coaster of a year. It is such a roller coaster. And I think that right now it's probably at its peak right now, especially for me when it comes from a fan's perspective of just how satisfying that win was. I should I should ask you what what is the most satisfying part of that win last night? Was it seeing Staley coach that well? Was it shutting up Emmanuel Acho? Was it just beating the Dolphins in general? Was it playoff implications? Was it the two of Herbert debate? Wait, what what is the part that really that just really means the most to you about that win last night? Well, I mean, what meant the most to me was the playoff implications, but the most satisfying part to me was probably, I mean, a lot of those are kind of balled into one, but if I had to just pick one, like one thing that sticks out in my mind is just the play of Tua Tungo Viola. He played like dog shit. And I, every, with every incompletion, I, my grin just got a little bit bigger um, and, and I kept just like, whatever his, like when it went to commercial, I'd go to the stats and like, see what, he, uh, his completions and I'd be like, Oh, three for 14. What percentage is that? And I was like, just like barely like above 20% or whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God, 25 um, yards in the first half speaks for itself. 25 yards. yards. Justin Herbert um, had triple just, that on like three drives, like, and, and bad throws. I mean, He'd missed a, a couple of throws, or that you just got to make that throw, and Tyreek Hill is going to take that for six. Uh, Tyreek Hill continues to be a, a thorn in this organization's side, even with him being out of the division. But yeah, I mean, Tua did nothing last night to go ooh and ah over. He, you know, he got bailed out by a cornerback tripping. And also one of the wildest, flukiest plays that you'll probably see in league history. Like, 
it's on a top 50 list for sure. Probably a top 25 list maybe of just crazy wacky plays. Um, so they really could have shut, shut out this Miami team or yeah. at least held them to three or six points. You know, With the way our defense goals. I mean, yeah, we were even playing on the Tyreek Hill touchdown, the receiving touchdown, Mike Davis, perfect position just fell. I mean, there's a good chance he could make a pick on that ball. And then, of course, what's his name on Twitter is like, what an absolute dot by Tua. And I was like, you literally got bailed out because of turf. Yeah. So shut up. Yeah, I, I. the most satisfying part to me was just how shitty Tua played and how clear and evident, like, it would have been like it's one thing to get the win, and even if like both like let's say this was a forty-five to forty-two win for the Chargers, and and both quarterbacks went for three hundred plus, and both had you know a pair of passing touchdowns, and had you know QBRs of a hundred plus, whatever, like just insane games by both, and Herbert still gets the win. Um, that even that wouldn't have been as satisfying as just watching how like prime time everyone got to saw how bad Tua is and he's so bad it, that, that for me was just like icing on the cake yeah i know uh yeah and we've been saying the whole year like the Tua herbert discussions are just silly i mean obviously we're a little bit biased but like i think it's any football fan can speak for themselves like that's one of them is thing. one of them is miles better than the other one, and last night really just proved that. We're we're completely biased. Like, I think I'm I'm so like well, we are so uh, invested and in, and in, uh, you know loyal to this this fan base or to our fan base and our team that if we were on the Dolphin side, we would probably be members of two and on, like. I mean, maybe. I think about it in the way that, like, Philip Rivers, like, gives me shades of that, where it's like, I feel like I was always constantly defending Philip Rivers and, and trying to make an argument that he was, like, a top five quarterback, even top three quarterback at, at points in his career. And the mainstream media, I mean, that was just never the case. And the era of quarterbacks, like, I know there's a lot that goes into it, but, um, that's what it kind of reminds me of like these, these dolphin fans constantly feeling like they have to defend their guy, which I get it, man. Like that's part of what makes this league so much fun is the fan bases and, and the bias towards, you know, the team that you, that you root for. But you're just blind at this point. If you're trying to make an argument that Tua is better, can he have better numbers? Yes. But, are there certain and like this is the whole thing where Acho kind of dug his own grave? Is you're just going off like numbers from a an eight or nine week span, and even though they might be better, like look at the the quality of offenses. Just look at the game. Look guys. at the game. Look at the game tape without a scoreboard. Look at the game yeah. tape without stats. Just, like, like eyes don't lie. Like the throws, um, the reads that that Herbert was making his pocket presence and awareness is coming back. That's something that we've, we've hit on at times throughout the season. What is he doing? You know, he seems to just kind of walk into to linemen for sacks at times. Um, or when he does get out with some, some open space, he kind of looks like a, just a innocent baby deer 
that doesn't want to get hit by like a semi truck on the side of the road, you know, and just like scared and, and just not confident. We've, we've talked about that. I mean, um, like last night though, he had some of that confidence back. It seems like dude, when he has his two best weapons on offense out there at, at the same time, you can just tell he, he plays with so much more confidence. I think that was pretty evident last night. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely for sure. Mike Mike Williams, I'm ready to have an argument. Do you think Mike Williams does more for this offense right now than Keenan Allen does? Because, I mean, Keenan, obviously, he put up the numbers last night. He had 12 receptions on 14 targets. Uh, didn't quite get to the 100-yard mark, but uh, still 12 receptions speaks for itself. But I don't know, man. Mike Dub just especially one-on-one ball. I mean, you see what he did on that first on that first possession uh, along the sideline. You saw what he did on that just absolutely insane throw by Herbert to the opposite side of the field, in which Tua could replicate in 20 years. Uh, I, I, I'm ready to have the argument. I think Mike Williams is the wide receiver one on this team going forward. I – the only – I mean, hmm. I th- – I think that's there's a good argument to be made there, and I think I would probably agree with you, based on just simply based on the fact that he's wide receiver one because Justin likes him so much. Like Justin loves Keenan, but I think what what he has with Mike Williams like is just I don't know. And the, the, they're, they're two totally different receivers, so they're very hard to compare yeah, they, each other. Yeah, they do completely they, – they bring completely different uh, values to your offense. You know, one is a, a third down, got to have it, move the chains, receiver, get open at all costs. The other is just a – I mean, Mike Williams obviously is – he's made a, a trademark in the league of being the uh, the deep threat, the jump ball guy, you know. Um, just throw it up there somewhere and hope he'll come down with it. Um, but he's, he's really evolved into a, a complete receiver. I mean, I think like there's been a lot of controversy around Lombardi's offense and, you know, the negatives of, you know, limiting Justin Herbert. But one thing that it has done for a couple guys is it's made them be more complete players. And I think like Mike Williams is, is an example of a guy that's benefited from this offensive scheme, even though it may not be the best fit, for the team going forward. Um, I think it, it just utilizes his skill set to a point where it, it's, it's made him a more well, well-rounded player. So um, yeah, I think I'll agree with you on the wide receiver one, as far as who does more for the team. I have no idea. Um, they're kind of equal in my mind. And it, it's, it's just clear that like defenses have so much harder of a time game planning and, and executing their their game plan when both these guys are on the field like there's just they take up so much attention and uh you know detail that it, it just creates opportunities for for other guys and uh, another name that uh is coming back or that we're expected to get back here this next week that is going to help this offense is donald parham jr Massive. i mean this is finally going to be a team that has their their best tight ends on on the field. I mean, I cannot wait to to watch them line up with Michael Out, Williams, tr- without Allen, Trey McKitty, Parham, 
uh, Everett, Eckler, um, or Kelly, like, and you get Trey Pipkins back. Hopefully, one of these weeks, um, they can probably survive without him. Maybe one more week, um, just with the the other offensive weapons coming back. But, um, yeah, if they, dude, and, and we can pivot to, unless you have anything else you want to add on on that that topic. Um, we can pivot to uh, um, talking about like just down the stretch and playoff odds and playoff picture and you know some different scenarios because right now uh, the Chargers I mean like that win last night pretty much put the the ball back in their their hands so it's theirs to lose now we do have a Monday night game tonight that has implications on on the line if the Patriots win they'll jump into the seventh spot and the chargers would be on the outside looking in, but obviously still lots of football left. Um, and you know, lots of games to be played. Yeah. I think we should uh, pivot real quick just while we're on the topic of last night's game and we should give away some game balls. Um, I think it's, it's been a while since I've even wanted to give out game balls considering, uh, this bad little streak that we've been on. But, uh, let's say if, if you were to give out, Let's do one offensive, one defensive game ball. Who are you giving them to? Yeah. Uh, my offensive game ball, surprise, surprise, um, going to go to Justin Herbert. And I, I mean, like if you if you want to mix it up, you can. But I think it's just it's the right choice. It's the obvious choice, and it's just so clear how special he is, especially uh, when he has some guys to work with and. You know, I can pull his numbers up here real quick because I have him pulled up. Uh, but finished the game 39 for 51, which is a career high in completions in a game, 367 yards and a touchdown. So uh, you hit on part of your bold prediction this week, which was 350 plus. I'm um, giving myself half. I'm giving myself half. I'm at one and a half yeah, on partial this season. credit. Partial credit. Um, and I hit mine. You did hit so, yours. So that's my third of the of the year, um, holding the Dolphins under twenty five points. I didn't think there was and, a way in hell that was going to hit, but hell yeah, yeah. So Justin Herbert, though, going back to the game balls, um, he's my offensive game ball. Defensively, uh, you got to give it to Michael Davis. Uh, those are two easy ones to hand out. I feel bad taking the two first, but because I know they're probably yours as well, but. Um, both of those guys just had such great games and uh, yeah. No, that there's definitely not a really a wrong, wrong answer with those ones. Uh, you really can't go wrong with obviously Justin Herbert uh, really just filled up the scoreboard for us. Um, I'm, I'll pivot off that. I would say, I mean, obviously that would be first, but second, I would give it to the duo of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, obviously Justin Herbert's comrades there offensively uh let's meet let me pull up these stats i believe mike williams six receptions 116 yards and a touchdown and keenan allen had 12 receptions for sorry here i'm just pulling them up 12 receptions for 92 yards um on 14 targets so mike williams six targets six receptions caught all of his targets and, you know, you just see how valuable, especially in a game like that, that's just really when you see, 
really what your offense comes down to is those two guys, you know, like we just mentioned, they both just, they both help each other out so much. This offense is totally different without one of them in there. Absolutely different without both of them in there. Uh, both of them definitely deserve a game ball from me. And defensively, I'm just going to give it to a unit. I think all the DBs really played a massive part in what happened last night. You know, we saw Jasir Taylor looked really good last night, especially being a seventh round rookie. Uh, was not expecting that kind of performance from him. You know, you didn't really hear his name get called a ton, which as a DB is definitely a good sign. Aloe Gilman looked the part last night. Asante Samuel looked pretty good outside of that one pretty bogus holding call on Tyreek Hill. And then obviously, you know, Nas Nasir didn't hear his name a ton. Michael Davis, only only bad play for Michael Davis was the six-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill, which would have been a fantastic rep by him should he have not not have tripped. He was in perfect position on that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's time to have a discussion about Mike Davis. I really don't see a way in which we part ways with him this offseason. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think he's up for a contract extension, correct? I believe so, yeah. I know that there's been a lot yeah. of talks about who to bring back after this year, and Mike Davis has been one of the Dude, big names, I, so... I think you have to re-sign him because if you don't, then he could potentially potentially just be another really good player that Chargers developed. They brought all the way up. I mean, he's undrafted, so it's not like any other teams were were really in on him or excited about getting him. Um, and the, the Chargers have turned him into a solid starting cornerback. Is he an all-pro, pro bowler? No. Um, but can he shut down certain guys with his um, unique skill set, like guys like Tyreek Hill, for example? Um, yes. Uh, we, we've seen him even match up on, on Travis Kelsey at times and, and doing a pretty good job uh, matching up against him. Um, dude, how could you not? I, I think we talked last night uh, on the phone after the game, and I'm like, the, the, the great news is the Chargers have their four cornerbacks for the next couple of years. They just have to lock them down. Um, Bryce Callahan has played excellent this season. He's probably, I mean, it's kind of unfair to judge Khalil Mack without Bosa, but he's probably been the best offseason acquisition on the defensive side of the ball, and it really hasn't been close. Um, so get J.C. Jackson back, Sante, Callahan, Davis. Um, and then, like I said, you have, you have a what looks like potentially a couple of really nice late round uh, snags and Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard. Um, Jasir Taylor played a great game last night. Um, he's a guy that uh, could potentially be another, you know, here in a couple seasons, we might look at him as the next Michael Davis or guys like Rashawn Jenkins kind of come to mind where, you know, um, took him a couple seasons, but they grew a lot. And, you know, their third, fourth season at the end of their rookie deal, they're, they're playing – a crucial part of this defense for, for this team. So um, I think they have the depth at, at corner going forward. I don't think they need to really do anything, but just keep those guys and yeah, keep rocking. A game like last night, especially from the fans perspective, makes you more comfortable with like backups in, you know, it, especially going forward. Like if someone, if we get starters back and someone else goes down, you know, it makes you feel like, well, 
we've seen what these guys are able to do, especially in a game like last night. You use that as an example, and you can just kind of go forward and be somewhat comfortable with it. So I think really that that really just builds on to what we're building, especially in that DB room and going forward, you know, should we resign most of these guys? I'm, I'm very comfortable with that going forward. So um, I yeah. think that, spe- that speaks a lot, especially towards Brandon Staley, just how, and maybe even Telesco, you know, within the draft process, it speaks a lot for their development and, and who, who they can find diamonds in the rough. One thing I think that like, you have to just give so much credit to, uh, Michael Davis is because he's he has climbed a couple of really big mountains already, already in his NFL, NFL season or NFL, NFL career. career. Yeah, that's for sure. Michael Davis has been, you know, I would say inconsistent uh, for the most part, but uh, well, especially sorry, sorry, I, I, is it being weird? Try, try putting put your, your um, headphones, headphones back, back in because it's echoing. echoing. I wonder why. How about now? Okay, I think you're good. All right, sounds yeah, okay. We're good. All right, cool. Um, no, but what I was saying about Michael Davis was that I mean he's he's climbed a couple of really big mountains already in his NFL career. The first one being an undrafted free agent, making a roster, um, and then making it to a second contract. You know, he came up pretty much entirely in Gus Bradley's scheme. Um, and you know, it was a success story then. And then all of a sudden that coaching staff is out, they get fired, uh, new coaching staff, with a completely different scheme, a scheme that doesn't necessarily favor Michael Davis really well. Like a lot of fans kind of just assume that, oh shit, we, we just resigned this guy to play in this scheme. And it's a scheme that favors him. And maybe he's just a guy that you know, can only play that scheme and he's just a below average corner and in different defenses. Um, so he had to learn a completely new scheme and and was asked to do stuff that he had basically never done at this level and, and be comfortable, comfortable with it. Um, and I think we did see some growing pains from him kind of early on last season in, in Staley's defense. Um, but then sure enough, he climbs the mountain again and, and now he's, playing his ass off one of Staley's I would assume he's, he's got to be one of Staley's favorites I mean just probably works his ass off um and is consistent week in and week out so yeah he, he's playing great ball I think a lot of it would probably also come down to you know just the the contract itself and you know settling on a good number for both sides and I don't know what is market value will be but yeah i think that that's he's definitely a, a guy that they have they can't let him walk you know they can't let him be the next adrian phillips rashawn jenkins um kaiser white like time it's time we actually retain some of these good defensive players and then you got to look into the aspect he's by far one of our longest tenured players on this team from what i can think of um i mean he's been all that he knows is powder blue. He's definitely going to be somebody that guys like Jasir Taylor, uh, Dean Leonard, people like that are going to get some tips from, and he's going to really bring them up and help develop those players into the capable players that we know and think that they can be. So 
there's definitely a lot of different aspects to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I hats off to my, Mike Davis, man. He's had a hell of a season. Vato, baby. I would like to give myself some flowers, though. I've always I've always been a fan of Mike Davis, and this year he's really been proving me right. So thank you, Mike Davis. All right, so let's pivot back to playoff talk here. Um, unless you have anything else you want to talk about from last night. I want to make sure we get it all out, man. No, let's... I'm still kind of taking it in, man. I'm still just kind of enjoying it. I think pretty much... Everything that there is to be said, you could say in a few sentences. Justin Herbert's a GOAT, Mike Williams, Keenan Alley healthy, and our defense is back. So that's really all you got to say. Yeah, and yeah, just the def- defense kind of, kind of. I mean, defense and Herbert, I think, um, sum, sum it all up. Um, so talking about the playoffs here, Chargers right now currently hold the seventh seed. We have to wait and see how Monday night football goes tonight to see if they will retain the seventh seed going into week 14 or if they will be just on the outside looking in. Um, Look, things are looking good, not only because of the Chargers remaining schedule, but also, you know, the other two teams that they're battling for um, this last spot with, you know, the the Jets and the Patriots, and you look at their remaining schedule. So um, I'll go ahead and, and pull them up real quick. Obviously, you know, most most of you guys probably already know our remaining schedule. Um, big matchup against the Titans this week in L.A. Um, then, we, then the Chargers go on the road to Indianapolis for another primetime game against the Colts. Then they'll travel back to SoFi and play another primetime game against the Rams. And then they finish their season in January at mile high. So pretty favorable. I mean, the Titans are really the last, you know, tough team on the schedule. And then the rest of them pretty much turn into very winnable games. Now, look, this is the NFL. Very winnable means nothing. I mean, the Dolphins had a very winnable game last night, and we saw how that went. Um, but uh, that looks promising, okay? Because then when you uh, flip it and look at, for example, the Jets' remaining schedule, which I will pull up here. I got it right here if you want it. Uh, Jets next week host the Lions. Um, Lions have kind of caught fire as of recently, won five of their yeah. last six, beat Minnesota yesterday. Definitely not the easiest game. Jaguars, Jaguars, huge win yesterday. Trevor Lawrence kind of caught fire as well. Um, definitely not the easiest game at Seattle. Uh, not the easiest game in the world. Geno Smith in Seattle and then at Miami. And I mean, we know all we need to know about the Dolphins up to this point. Um, okay, so let's say they lose two of their remaining games. Okay, I'll, I have the playoff uh, machine pulled up here. Let's say they win their next two and they lose their last two. I need to fuck okay. around. Okay, um, the other now go now do the Patriots. All right, so the Patriots are obviously at Arizona tonight. 
and then they are at Las Vegas, and we may actually be rooting for the Raiders in that game, weird enough. Um, and then they host the Bengals, host the Dolphins, and then they're at the Bills. So really, maybe one winnable game, like very winnable game, like a game that they should win on their schedule, and the rest of them are either toss-ups or they should lose. Okay, let's say they let's say they win tonight. I just have a feeling they're gonna win tonight. I do too. And then they lose uh let's say they win next week at Vegas. But then they lose week sixteen, they lose week seventeen, and then week eighteen at uh, Bills. They play at Buffalo. Bills. So we'll say they lose that one. Okay, so as it stands right now with the three teams fighting for that seventh seed, the Chargers, the Jets, and the Patriots. Um, considering the remaining schedules for all three teams, uh, the Chargers, all they have to do is win three out of the next four. Yes, correct. If they lose this week, but then win, win out after that, week 16, week 17, and week 18, it's it's done. It's over. It's wrapped. Chargers will be the seventh seed and would travel either to Kansas City or Western New York, Buffalo, um, for a, a wild card matchup. So, look, this this is looking good. This is looking real good. Um, your current thoughts? Yeah, this is looking real good, um, especially after just running back through the Jets and Patriots schedules. Uh, pretty much it's going to come down to, well, let's see how this work. It would be for the seven seed, one playoff spot, and it would be between yeah. either us. And we by far have the easy schedule remaining out of those teams. And then you have to look at, dude, the, there's a chance that the Dolphins could just crumble. You know, they're at eight and five. We're at seven and six. We're only a game behind them. So essentially you're looking at us and then those three NFC East teams other than the Bills um, for two playoff spots. And we would, yeah. hold, we would hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Dolphins. And then I think it comes down to conference schedules for the other few. So um, Patriots win tonight. They, get, they would get the seventh seed over us. But again... With how that Patriots schedule is looking, we still got we still got some football to play. That's for sure. Think about this: if we win out and the Dolphins uh, lose to the Bills, we can jump them for the sixth seed. So, no matter what, if the Bills beat the Dolphins on Saturday night, and the Dolphins win out after that and we win out, we will jump them because we'll both be 11-6, and six, and you're right, we'll have the tiebreaker, which means we would go to Cincinnati instead of Kansas City or Buffalo, which, fuck yes, sign me up for that. Yeah. Sign me up for a first-round game at Cincinnati. Um, it was a good old Burrow-Herbert action there. Come that on, would be, all I mean, of America wants to see that, man. Yeah, sign me up for that. Um, and then, I mean... Uh, these aren't the the total 
projections because I'm pretty much just focusing on the Chargers, so I haven't really done anything for like the other teams. But um, I think, yeah, it's I think the sixth and seventh seeds are the only attainable seeds. Yeah, so we can only go as high as six, which means we would, uh, you know, delay probably what would be an inevitable matchup against Kansas City or Buffalo at some point. But you know, you never know. The playoffs are the playoffs, and sometimes it's just it's best to let someone else knock out the the bully. So that that could very much be the case too. So it, it's looking really good, and it's crazy, man, how one week like this is what I we're was just thinking about. that I know we it was we only just like, dude just give us like we were talking about just splitting one of these uh, two matchups against the Dolphins and the Titans. Like just give us one, and we'll still be in really good. Uh, situation and, and next week we got, we, we got one we already open i already checked the line we open a three-point favorites next week against tennessee so very winnable game next week tennessee by far our toughest game remaining but you know we open as three-point favorites against tennessee and then we got the colts who have really not been very good all year we have the Rams, who I'm guessing will probably shut down Matt Stafford for the remainder of the year, considering they really don't have much to play for at this point in time. And then, I mean, we know the Broncos. <laughs> we know how to beat the Broncos. So, And who knows? We saw Russell Wilson go down yesterday. Didn't look great. Who knows if he's – most likely he'll be available for that game. But, I mean, who knows? With the, with the state of the they Broncos, just, they could just shut him down. They just shut him down. They could. Yeah. I mean, um, they're already – they're officially eliminated, so they could shut him down now you wanted to um but i guess if you're paying a man a quarter of a billion dollars you probably want him out there until he's literally knocked out of the game like he was um so yeah i mean that that's very well a possibility like if the broncos drop a few more by the time we meet up with them if they're three and 13 like fuck do you just have <laughs> have russell sit and be like all right man just all the season like don't be don't be a hero here um but yeah i mean also baker mayfield being a ram now uh that directly affects the chargers in in a, in a way you know um saw what he did on thursday night football against the, the raiders and what basically was like a 24 48 hour notice so um you know it's like it's the nfl you gotta take it week to week we know this um it's exciting to look ahead. I think it's like, I think we've deserved to look ahead at this point of the season. I'm, we, you know, a lot of people in the media and, uh, you know, a lot of fans always talk about, don't look ahead, keep it week to week. But, you know, when you are expecting to get guys back from injury and your team is finally kind of starting to heat up at the right time and it's somehow managed to stay afloat in the shitstorm that has been the 2022 season, um, how can you not look at these next couple weeks and, and start to get really giddy? Um, because, look, there's been numerous points at this season where we kind of thought the playoffs were were lost. Yeah. No, I, I especially after that, I don't even want to say the San Fran game, more after probably last week after the Vegas game, I was kind of like, well, fuck, like we might be done. Like we we're just riddled, um, not looking good coaching wise. 
offensive play calling, which we should have dove into, still haven't scored a third quarter touchdown since week five, which is brutal. Uh, but dude, at, like you said, everything pretty much turned around after last night. Like I, I'm putting this team on a pedestal right now. Cause I, I think, I really think that we're getting hot right now and teams aren't going to want to see us in the next few weeks. No. And look, like if, if this line can get back to a hundred percent in time for the playoffs, um, I'm not afraid of anyone. There's no one in that, in that field that scares me. Um, obviously there's tougher teams than others, but I mean, if Pipkins is back and if, if Slater comes back and it's what should be the entire offense out there, um, we're dangerous, man. We, I mean, look, the, the defense won the game last night for the chargers and, and the offense, we, we frustratingly saw them kind of have the same third quarter that we've seen all season, uh, which has come out, uh, you know, don't do anything for a couple drives and then get a, you know, emergency field goal towards the end of the end of the third quarter um, to put points on the board and, you know, kind of keep yourself afloat. Um, but they did what they did do is they they won the time of possession and they dominated it. They, did, they didn't just win the, the possession battle. They dominated it. That, that defense out there was tired. They were gassed. Like every snap, you could just tell. Like you know that they, they were they were making uh, subs and um, going through different packages, but they were tired, man. They were gassed, and you know, a couple penalties hurt them. Uh, a couple bad bad calls. I mean, they, I mean, the officiating was kind of bad on both sides. Um, but hey, thank you, NFL officials, but, for that roughing the passer. By the way. Yes, that was a joke. What the Chargers did do, though, was they kept their offense on the field long enough for it to affect the game uh, and affect the, the defense. They didn't score 30 points, but they didn't have to because this Dolphins offense was having to wait a long time in between drives, and I really think it kind of threw off their, their rhythm, um, and it, it definitely affected the outcome of the game. So... Not necessarily point scoring, but they at least had an effective enough offense moving the ball where, uh, you know, the Dolphins didn't have as many chances and uh, the rhythm was just kind of thrown off all night. Dude, quick shout out to that very last drive that we had that we got the field goal on. Um, Took up, I believe, nine minutes off the clock. And I mean, it. I mean, we didn't need, obviously wanted a touchdown, but we made it a two possession game and that was just huge. And I think especially, dude, Justin even did the whole point for the first down thing. Like him and Keenan were obviously way on the same page on that drive. Like that, that was the most energy that I've seen out of this offense all year on that final drive. And I I really think, especially taking, going from that drive into these next few games, I mean, 17 play, 79 yard drive, 839 ran off the clock, used all the Dolphins timeouts. Just absolute perfect execution by Justin Herbert and company on that last drive. And Cameron Dicker got it done. And that was that was really the kind of energy that I've been needing to see out of this offense for some time now. And 
Another quick yeah. shout out, another game ball. I'll give another game ball to Nick Neiman because thank God that onside kick made my heart <laughs> drop. You get a game ball literally just falling on the ball um, at the most crucial time. Well, I mean, look, even if – I think we talked about this last night when you called me too. Even if they – like let's just say Charger's going to Charger and somehow that ball like finds its way into a Dolphin's hand at the bottom of the pile. They still have to go 45 yards, pretty much 50 yards with no timeouts, and they have to get in the end zone. Um, yeah, I still like I still like my chances, even if they don't recover that. Josh Palmer, whew, you probably the he probably had the biggest sigh of relief after Neiman came out of the pile with that ball. Dude, like, I, holy fuck. I feel like 90, like 95% of onside kicks that end in an absolute dog pile are ended up recovered by the kicking team. So, yeah. And the and, way, like, I like what I've learned as a fan is like, I always kind of watch the players' reactions while they're still scrummaging for the ball. Like, the refs don't know. And obviously, you wait for the refs' signal. Um, but it seems like 80% of the time, I won't say as high as 90, but probably like 80-ish percent of the time, the players kind of know. So, like, if there's two or three Dolphins players and they're all pointing and getting excited, I'm like, fuck, they have Yeah, it. and that's exactly um, what they were and, doing. So, And that's what they were doing. And now, again, 80% of the time, because there is, you know, I would say around a 20-ish percent chance that, like, it's so fucking messy in that pile, they don't even know. So it, it can, you know, just like it did happen last night. Um be the other outcome but i was getting nervous when i saw a couple dolphins defenders or special teams guys whatever uh you know signal that they had it i was like oh my god like fuck we we barely survived the 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 failed snap of course there's no way the the football gods are gonna let us survive this yeah there's a lot of moments in those last few minutes where you know the people i was watching were like they're going to be okay. Like they're going to hold on. And I was like, no, nah, you haven't watched enough chargers football to know what the fuck can happen in these scenarios. Uh, but the, again, the, I think go ahead. The fumble snap gave me more of a heart attack because at that point it was a six point game. Yes. Um, and true. that field goal that they, they made to make it a two point or a two possession game um, that hadn't happened yet. So it's like, now there's a chance that they can actually, and it's the dolphins, right? They can, they can score six in a flash. You know, they can struggle 99% of the night, but then something happens in the secondary and Tyreek Hill just fucking runs past everyone and they're kicking an extra point to take the lead. Like, that's why my heart stopped more <laughs> when the, the the fumble happened. Yo. Because, like, even on the, on the onside kick, just where the odds are at, where the, the circumstances, like, I... I still like my odds. Like it's, yeah, you want to recover that ball and end it right there. Thank God. But uh, no, my, I was definitely more, more nervous when the, I saw the, the fumbled snap. This is, this is the new and improved chargers. You know, we may get blown out by some shitty teams like the Jaguars and the Seahawks, but we're not going to choke it last second. So I appreciate that. Keeps my life young. Uh, helps me not die from too many heart attacks. I've had enough heart attacks this year already, but 
I mean, shit, yeah. we're not we're not getting called for PI in the end zone, putting the ball at the one yard line with one snap left for another offense. So, I mean, they got it done, man. Uh, Staley, absolute coaching masterclass last night. Uh, really, really proved a lot of doubters wrong. I think you and I, most Chargers fans in general, really were just like, this scheme's just not working. And he put what he can do on full display last night, and he was able to get it done. So. A lot of hope going forward. I can't wait to watch this team next week and see what we can do. So, yeah, um, I would say it's probably is uh, it's up there. It's it's definitely a, a you know signature win uh, in the Staley era. Um, and yeah, man, it's like just it's exciting to to be in the situation with a couple weeks left. Um, but yeah, you know Staley, I think. He had to have that game. You know, I don't know if you saw the, I think it was Get Up. They were talking earlier this week, and Rex Ryan had a little bit that was on social media. And he was like, I think Staley is coaching for his job this weekend. Um, we kind of said the same thing. I mean, yeah, it was pretty apparent. And he came out and and delivered, you know, uh, one of his best games as, as a coach, as a, as a play caller. So, um, look. All he's got to do, I think, is is get in and maybe part ways with Lombardi in the offseason. And he might win this fan base back, you know, back. So we'll see. Still still some work left to do. You know, way too early to to count your chickens, but who knows? A lot of good. A lot of good coming for this fan base. Uh, Staley's won me back for now. Uh, we'll see if that changes next week. We'll see if that changes the rest of the season. But for now, I'm. it's hard to not be bought back in after last night's performance. Uh, Joey Bosa slated to most likely yeah. come back to practice now, this week. That'll be huge. Um, yeah, and now I think like we've, we've always seen flashes out of Staley. Um, it's just the consistent – thing um, we've never seen the complete game like we've seen last night yeah and, and like just the consistency like you know okay now big win lots of emotions um pumped up we have to have that that same energy come sunday against against tennessee they have the guys have to be ready you have to be ready you have to have a good game plan and execute it um and take care of business like right like uh the knack on Staley's kind of that he's just a 500 ish coach. You know, he's always going to kind of hover around that line and it's, it's been true. Like I think he's two games above 500 now in his uh, head coaching career, kind of just always teetering like one or two games above sometimes reaching 500. Um, I don't think he's ever gone below, but you know, he, he needs to, you know, put together some consistent uh, results here in these next couple weeks and get this team into the playoffs. And I think his job is saved. Um, if he doesn't, if they somehow are, are fighting for their playoff lives in, in week 18, like they were last year and they don't get in, um, then, then it gets a lot muddier <laughs> in my opinion. Like, but what do you do with that? Just because there's so many different cir- circumstances and, um, you know, different 
stuff that they had to overcome this year. I don't know. I, I, I hope it's, I hope however the rest of the season goes, it lays down a clear path of what to do with Staley. That's a, the that's last a thing I want is the Spanos family questioning themselves, being like, well, what do we do? Do we fire him? Do we do it? Like the fans are calling for his head because they didn't make the, you know, like I don't trust that family to fucking make the right decision. So <laughs> like, I hope he at least does enough to keep his job for another year and then makes a change at offense coordinator like that to me, if you do that, man, I'm, I'm bought back in. Um, but that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Um, I think really only good's going to come out of this season. You know, uh, let's say we do miss if we make the playoffs. Obviously, it's amazing. It's what every fan wants. It's just a chance. And should we not? Then I think that makes a decision at least somewhat easier about where to go with this coaching staff and where to yeah. go with progressing Justin Herbert and company going forward. So uh, a lot of good. Yeah. A lot of good to come. Um, we'll just see how these next few weeks go. So we're big anti-Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins fans going forward. So, Yeah, definitely, man. Um, gosh, what a, what a huge win last night. Chargers 23-17 over the Dolphins. Herbert better than Tua. Dolphins fading. Chargers surging. And Chargers also getting healthier. So... Watch out down the stretch um, for this team. So anything else you want to add uh, before we get out of here? I just think we might be getting hot at the right time, and I think we're going to ride some momentum going forward, and I think there's a lot of fun football yet to be had. So I hope so too, man. I, I hope you're right. I think this team is getting getting hot at the right time, and they're getting healthy at the right time, which – is equally, if not more important. So good stuff, man. Um, forgot to mention too that, uh, oh, real quick, I can't believe I haven't brought this up the entire episode. We completely, our plan worked. I don't know if you thought about this. Yes, I did think night. about this. Yes. I will we, not I will not be picking the Chargers to win a game for the rest of the season for <laughs> anyone that is listening to us. Just know that. Yes, we uh, reversed... Wait, can't think of the word what do we do reverse psychology reverse psychology the fuck out of this result so i'm proud of that it worked our plan worked yes it did so we got to keep doing that going forward i think we're really the key ingredient in this team's success right now so yeah man well good stuff um also this is the uh sean merriman edition of chargers powder hour podcast episode number 56 just wanted to throw that out there because Sean Merriman was, I think he was spotted with Emmanuel Acho last night. So, you know, staying relevant. More, probably more relevant than Emmanuel Acho will ever be. So oh, it's fine, fine by me. More completions 100%. for Justin Herbert last night than Emmanuel Acho career tackles, by the way. So yeah, that's a, that's a kill shot right there. You can fucking shove it, Emmanuel Acho. I so. can't wait to watch speak. Even though I wow, that, that's a sentence I never thought I'd ever say. I don't think but, I can watch it. I'm, I'll just I'll I'll look I'll listen to what he says on Twitter because I know it'll be everywhere. But I'll I'm not gonna listen YouTube to that clip. Bozo. I won't, I won't watch it, but I'll I'll catch the YouTube clips. Yeah, I'm not gonna wa- I'm not gonna listen to that bozo speak. So, <laughs> uh, good stuff, man. Well, let's get out of here. Um, 
Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour Podcast. The Sean Merriman edition, episode number 56. Chargers beat the Dolphins, improved to 7-6, and six, and have high hopes of making the playoffs once again. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Powder Hour Pod LA, for all the latest news and updates about the pod. Bolt up.